Well, I remember some years ago going on a summer vacation with our family, uh, and one of the places we went was to a cave, uh, Cave Onondaga in central Missouri. Uh, it's not one of the most famous caves, but it doesn't have all the lights and everything. It's pretty much a, a cave cave. Uh, but we went in with a guide. The temperature was, I guess, 57 degrees year-round. It was kind of cool in there. It was summer when we went. And all of us had flashlights. We had a guide, and we went in uh, with the guide following him. And as we went deeper into the cave, at one point we came to a cavern, and the guide had us all turn off our flashlights. Well, when you're in a cave underground and there's no light source, it's dark. It's very dark. It's pitch black. Uh, you can't see. You can hold your hand like this in front of your face, and you can't see your fingers. And as the lights were off and everybody was quiet, we could hear the noise of bats' wings, you know, as they circled uh, above in the, in the cavern. Of course, bats don't need lights to fly. They, they, uh, my understanding is they fly by sonar, uh, by sound. In that darkness, we, we were afraid to take a step, you know, because we couldn't see where we, where we would step. And there were, there were uh, stones, there were other places that we could have fallen into, and but finally, the guide was kind, and we turned on, he turned on his little flashlight, and that one little flashlight illuminated the whole cavern, just one little flashlight, and then we all turned ours on. But all the darkness could not quench one little flashlight. The flashlight shone its light into the entire dark cavern. The light dispelled the darkness, and that's what we're going to talk about today. My message is entitled, Darkness to Light. Now, in the Bible, the concept of darkness is, is really an image of a society or a person that is far from God. Spiritual darkness characterizes a, a person or a culture that engages in, in willful sin. And in America today, the spiritual darkness, I believe, is getting darker. The good news that, is that Jesus came to bring his light into the world. To let his light shine in this world to dispel the darkness. So all the darkness in that cave, in that cavern I spoke about earlier, couldn't quench the light of one small flashlight. That light of that small flashlight dispelled all the darkness. And in the same way, Jesus' light shines in the darkness of our world. Jesus himself said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. And so the world is, and it always has been, a, a dark place. Spiritually, it's characterized by sin. And Jesus here tells us that He is the light of the world. He is the light that shines into the darkness in our world today. And those who follow Jesus, those who believe in Him, will be delivered from walking in darkness, and, and they will have Jesus' light within them. He calls it the light of life. And when we have that light within us, then, then we can shine in a dark world just as Jesus shines. Philippians 2.15, and I encourage you to take out a white page in the middle of your program. Got a number of inserts, or have an insert in there, but there's a white page uh, that has the outline and the verses there. You can follow along. Philippians 2.15 says, Be blameless and innocent. Children of God, without blemish, 
in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And so as Jesus forgives those who believe in him, he delivers believers from sin and darkness. And we become God's innocent children. We become children of God. And these verses tell us that we are living in the midst of a crooked and dark generation. Crooked and twisted generation. Now that was written thousands of years ago. I think we still live in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation that overall is far from God. But as we shine as lights in the darkness, we show God's truth. We show God's love to the people around us. And today we're going to continue our study of the prophet Isaiah. He prophesied 700 years before Jesus came. He prophesied about the coming Messiah, Jesus, who would bring light into a dark world. And we're going to learn today from the prophet how we can overcome darkness and bring God's light into our world. So let's look first about what causes spiritual darkness. Sin is the root cause of spiritual darkness. God is light. And any sin in a person's life causes them to be in darkness. It's as if sin is acting like a cloud preventing the sunlight of God's light from shining into our lives. And so sin separates us from God. Let's begin in Isaiah 59, verse 2. The prophet says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Now this prophet Isaiah was directly prophesying to the people of Judah of his day. Their sins, their iniquities had caused a separation between those people, those Jewish people, and God. Now, another way of looking at this separation between uh, God and his people and their relationship is that sin caused God to hide his face from them. And when God hid his face from them, the end result was that when the people prayed to God, God would not hear their prayers, and if he didn't hear their prayers, he wouldn't answer their prayers. And so when God doesn't hear or answer a person's prayer, that, that's a serious situation. That's a serious problem. But not only was the prophet speaking to or writing to the people of his time, through the Holy Spirit, his writings, which were written in Scripture, speak to us today as well. And so the truth that sin separates a person from God, the truth that sin causes people to be in spiritual darkness, the truth that sin causes God not to hear our prayers is as true today as when it was first written. Not only does sin separate a person from God, but, but sinners stumble in the darkness. Let's jump down to verse 9. It says, therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light and behold darkness and for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon as in the twilight. Among those in full vigor, we are like dead men. And so when people are in sin, God doesn't answer their, their prayers for justice. When people are in sin, they they are, by definition, not walking in righteousness. Isaiah, in these verses, is writing as though 
the sinful people of Judah were speaking. In a sense, he's identifying with them, although Isaiah was not involved in Judah's sin. The people knew something was wrong. They knew that their lives were filled with gloom, that they were walking in darkness, but they didn't know how to escape. Not only were they separated from God, but, but they were stumbling in the darkness as blind people would, would stumble in the daylight. In fact, they were like dead men. They were separated from the life of God. They were unable to live a joyful life that God had created them to live. And so sin always causes spiritual darkness. Now, why does sin cause spiritual darkness? Why does it separate people from God? And the reason is that God is holy. God is light. God is completely separate from sin and evil. There's not a trace of it within him. And, and so those who continue in sin cannot come into God's presence. They cannot have a relationship with him. Now, today, people who have never believed in Jesus, people who are unbelievers are in a state, according to the Bible, of spiritual darkness. And as we go on with the message, we're going to see how they can come into God's light. But sin can also bring spiritual darkness into a believer's life. And how can that happen? Well, when a believer sins, it immediately affects our relationship with God. It doesn't completely sever that relationship, but the relationship is hindered. There's a degree of separation between us and God. Have you ever noticed that when you sin somehow, you may not feel the same desire to pray. You may not feel the same desire to be around God's people, you may kind of like want to hide in your little shell. But if a believer, and if a believer continues in willful sin, that separation from God, that darkness in their life will increase. We will start to stumble. We will start to make bad decisions in our lives. And we're going to talk about how we can deal with that, how we can continue to walk in the light and not allow the darkness to overtake us as we go on with the message. And so how can a person deal with this sin that causes spiritual darkness? Well, God's light is what it takes to dispel the darkness. You and I can't fight our way, up, our way out of the darkness. It's only with God's help, with God's light, that the darkness can be dispelled. To be more exact, we need the help of a Redeemer. The Redeemer brings light. Verse 19, so they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. And a redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. And so even though things were dark and gloomy for the sinful people of Judah or Judea, the prophet Isaiah was looking far into the distant future, some 700 years away. The people of Judah would continue in their sin as a whole, and they would be taken into captivity in Babylon. But Isaiah saw a time when people once again would fear the Lord, when people once again would fear God from the west to the east. He talks about a time when God would visit this planet like a rushing stream that couldn't be withstood. In the last part of these verses, verse 20, he talks about a key that God would send a person. God would send a redeemer. And that redeemer would come to who? 
to those who turn away from their transgression or sin. And so Isaiah was looking ahead to the coming Messiah, to the coming Redeemer, who would be Jesus. And what does a Redeemer do? Well, in Bible times, a Redeemer would would purchase a slave by paying the price for that slave to the master, the one who owned the slave. And the slave would no longer serve the old master. He would be redeemed. He would now be free to serve the Redeemer, the one who had freed him from his slavery. Now, the master to which every person is enslaved is actually Satan. And Jesus paid the price for our sin that we might be set free from being slaves to sin, slaves to Satan, and to serve him as our new master. He made it possible for us to be redeemed because the Redeemer brings light and dispels the darkness. And God's light, as it shines into our lives, will transform us. Moving to chapter 60, and I encourage you to read the whole chapter. We, chapters, we're looking at 59 and 60 today. Uh, we don't have time to read it completely, but uh, we're getting the gist of it from highlighted verses. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And so Isaiah continues to prophesy about what God would do in the distant future. It was a future from his vantage point. And he saw an image of, of thick darkness covering the earth. No light being seen because of sin. But then he saw the glory of the Lord rising up and breaking through that darkness. Ever seen on a cloudy, rainy day, thick, dark clouds, and then they seem to part. And you see the rays of sunshine come through. It's a It's a beautiful sight. And those prophecies that Isaiah had 700 years before Christ came began to be fulfilled when Jesus came into the world. And as Jesus walked the planet, his light shone to all those around him. He was fully man and yet fully God at the same time. And after Jesus rose from the dead, his light continued to shine in and through the lives of those who believed in and followed him. And that supernatural light of Jesus shines in and through the lives of every believer by the Holy Spirit. God's light dispels the darkness. So if a person is an unbeliever, if a person has not turned away from their sin, they are living in darkness. And what must they do to have the light of God shine into their lives? Well, first of all, they need to turn away from their sin and ask Jesus to forgive them. He is the Redeemer, and commit their lives to walking in the light, to following Him as their Lord. If a person is a believer, but they've been engaged in sin for some time, darkness will be part of their lives, and they will sense that something's wrong. And in order for God's light to dispel the darkness in our life, we must follow God's Word. We must confess our sin. We must admit that we've done wrong, and ask God to forgive us and seek to follow him more closely in the future. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the light of God's presence is available in any person's life. It's, it's only a prayer away. It's only a matter of confessing our sins, asking for forgiveness, and receiving God's light. 
And God's best for us is not to go back and forth between light and darkness. That's not a path to productive and joyful life. God wants us to learn to live and walk in God's light, to stay in God's light, to stay far away from darkness, to stay far away from any sin that's associated with it because the darkness of sin causes wounds. It, it causes hurts. It causes damage both to our lives and to the lives of people around us. On the other hand, God's light restores. God's light heals. Verse 15, whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. And so the prophet continues with God's promises to his people who have turned from darkness, who have been forgiven, and who have chosen to live in God's light. When they were in darkness, they were forsaken. They felt they were hated. They felt like there was nothing good within them. Their lives were miserable, but God promises to make them majestic, to make them a joy, not just for this life, but for eternity. You see, eternity with God is a place of a brilliant light with not a trace of darkness. And that's really what heaven is all about. Verse 18, the prophet says, violence shall no more be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall Call your walls salvation and your gates praise. So what goes on in darkness? Well, at night, in our cities, and in spiritual darkness, there's violence, there's devastation, there's destruction. It's a dangerous place to be. But as God's light comes and restores our life, our lives begin to be protected. God puts around us walls of protection. Here it's called walls of salvation, gates of praise. He saves us from the darkness so our lives are lived in the light and we can praise him. The restoration of our lives begins when God's light shines into us. He begins to heal us. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. And that Healing, that restoration, begins in this life and will be complete in eternity. As we began the message, we're going to end with the point that Jesus is the light. Verse 19, the sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. I believe the prophet now extends his gaze into the far reaches of eternity when Jesus returns again to this planet. He comes again. The prophet looks to a new heavens and a new earth in which all sin and evil have been removed. In fact, we read the same thing in the book of Revelation. In the distant future, in eternity, there shall be no longer a sun. There shall be no longer a moon. In fact, there will no longer be any night or darkness at all. It will be everlasting day. Which means we won't sleep anymore, I guess. 
The Lord, which is Jesus, shall be our everlasting light in an eternal day. And the days of mourning, the days of sighing, the days of tears, the days of pain will be gone. And the joy of the Lord will shine in the, in the life and light of every child of God forever and ever. And that's our long-term hope. And so you and I want to live in Jesus' light here and now, each and every day. We want to walk in the light. We want to live in the light of God. And how can we do that? But one of the ways is we daily spend time with Jesus. He is the light, allowing His light to shine into our lives as we pray to Him and listen to Him speak to us. As we read His Word and He speaks to us through that, the light of His Word shines into our lives. And it can reveal to us any areas of darkness that may be creeping in. And when we're aware of any darkness creeping into our lives, we quickly confess our sin, we turn away from them, and we continue to walk in the light. And as we walk in the light, our, our light shines out from our lives and impacts the darkness around us, the darkness of the world, the darkness of people. And as the light shines out from our lives, the people around us, there will be two reactions. Two different types of reactions from the people around us. The first reaction, as we let the, life of Christ, the light of Christ shine through us, will be some people will be repelled. Some people are repelled by the light. And why are people repelled by the light? Because the light highlights the darkness in their lives. It exposes the darkness in their lives. And so they will either try to hide from our light, avoid us, or perhaps they will try to attack and put out our lights. I mean, either way will kind of work. And so that's what happens with people who are repelled by the light that shines through us. And when we face that type of reaction, we will be tempted to do what? Hide our light. Because we're causing some issues, causing a little controversy, causing a little conflict. We'll be tempted to hide our light so we don't repel or we don't offend anybody. But Jesus warned us, don't hide your light. Don't hide your light under a basket, but let it shine. We are going to have the same reactions to our light shining or Christ's light shining through us as Jesus did. Did everybody love Jesus and think he was wonderful? Now, you know the end of the story. He was crucified. He faced great persecution. Of course, that story doesn't end there. He rose from the dead. We will have the same reaction to the light shining through our lives as Jesus did. And when we're persecuted for letting our light shine, what did Jesus say we should do? We should rejoice. We're doing something right. Our light is having an impact on people's lives. The second reaction is a better reaction to letting our light shine. Some people will be repelled by the light, and some people will be attracted to the light. Of course, that's easier for us uh, when people are attracted to the light than repelled. But some people, probably the minority of people, the majority will be repelled. The minority will be attracted to the light. They'll want to know more. 
They will see in your life hope for the future. They'll see somebody walking in the light. They'll see perhaps an opportunity for escaping from the darkness and the sin that's destroying their lives. They'll want to know how they can escape and come into the light and joy that you have as you let your light shine. And so God will help us to explain the truth of God's light to those who are attracted to it. And so the prophet Isaiah prophesied in a dark time in the nation of Judah that would become even darker in his lifetime. And yet he looked ahead through the Holy Spirit to a time when the light of the Redeemer would break into our world through Jesus Christ. Now that time for him was 700 years in the future. Of course, he didn't live to see that day. That time for us when Jesus came into this world is 2,000 years in the past. We look back upon it. The prophet Isaiah looked even further, even beyond the coming of Jesus, even beyond our time today in the year 2019. He looked forward uh, to the time when the light of Jesus continues to spread around the world, touching more and more people's lives, even as the darkness gets darker. But Isaiah looked even beyond that to a time when history will end He looked into eternity when all darkness will be banished and we would live in Jesus' everlasting light forever and ever. And so as we look at this message from the prophet of darkness to light, God wants each of us to deal with any darkness in our lives so that we can live in his light each and every day and let his light shine through us to a dark world that desperately needs the light of Jesus. Today, if you're not sure that you have the light of Jesus in your life, perhaps you don't even quite understand what that all is, if you've never confessed your sin and asked for forgiveness, I want to give you an opportunity. Already talked about it, we'll go over it again. To become a believer, to become a follower of Jesus, you need to admit that you've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Uh, Everybody has sinned. And if you're honest with yourself, you're going to agree that you have sinned. The only perfect person to ever walk this planet was Jesus Christ. He's the only perfect one who ever will walk this planet. So you simply admit that you've sinned. Secondly, you ask him to forgive you. You believe in him that he died to forgive your sins. You ask him to forgive your sins. And thirdly, you just commit your life to serving him, turning away from that sin with his help and following Jesus, walking in his light. So I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads. And if you've never prayed a prayer like that with those three things, Uh, If you've never turned from your sin and asked for Jesus' forgiveness, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. You don't have to pray aloud. God knows your thoughts. Or perhaps you've prayed a prayer like that in the past and you've wandered into some dark areas in your life and and you want to confess those and get back on track with God's light. Then you can pray this prayer as well. Say, Father, today I I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. Things that have hurt you, things that have hurt others, things that have hurt myself. I turn away from those things. I don't want to live like that anymore. 
I believe that Jesus died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. I, I don't totally understand it, but I ask you to forgive my sins. Come into my life. I want to follow you. I commit my life to following you and, and your ways, to walking in your light. Thank you for touching my life this morning. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for this, this vivid picture, picture from the prophet Isaiah of darkness to light. Today we pray about the darkness in our nation that seems to be increasing. A darkness that celebrates perversity. A darkness that celebrates the slaughter of innocent babies in their mother's wombs. And we pray for your light to come into our country. We pray for your light to set people free from the chains of sin. We pray for our friends, for our relatives, for our, our co-workers that are stumbling in the darkness and they're not even aware of it. We pray that your light would shine into their lives. We ask that you'd forgive every sin in our own lives that has allowed darkness to seep in. May our lives be filled with the light of your presence so that it could shine out clearly and powerfully to the dark world around us. May we walk in your light each and every day. And God, when some people are repelled by the light that comes from us, give us the courage to keep on letting your light shine through us. Help us to resist the temptation to cover up our light so that we don't cause any conflict or any, any uh, disruption. And as we in our church continue to let the light of your gospel shine through us, God, we pray that many more would be attracted to your light. And we pray that you'd give us the words to say that we could lead others to putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and becoming part of his family right here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.